Hello, and welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cooey. I'm an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry with my business, Hempville CBD. This podcast is dedicated to educating you on CBD and how it can positively impact your life. Also, we'll feature professionals in the cannabis market and share their expertise in the marketplace. Join us on this enlightening journey that will enrich your appreciation of the dynamic cannabis marketplace. Follow us at HempvilleCBD.com, and as always, there's an open invitation to come visit us at the store in South Haven, Mississippi. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. My name is Ben Cooey, owner and operator of the store, HempvilleCBD.com. I mean, Hempville CBD in South Haven, Mississippi, and the website, HempvilleCBD.com. I'm here with my producer, Derek Michaud. Good morning, Derek. What's up, Ben? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, the first Friday of 2024. Yes. So this year is going to be a good year, my friend. I hope so. And uh, we're on episode seven here. And uh, let's talk about it. So you have here that you're going to be talking about the American opioid crisis and how THC, CBD can help. Correct. And some of the, some statistics of opioid casualties and much, much more. So I'm excited. Let's do this, man. Well, unless you've been living under a rock the last five years, I think everybody knows the opioid crisis, fentanyl, uh, is a huge problem in America. This is a topic that uh, it it makes it's very serious, but it also makes me mad. I used to go around thinking, uh, you know, I don't know anybody who does hard drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. This is this is this doesn't have any concern with me. But that has changed the last five years. There's so much in this podcast that we had to divide it up into two parts. So we'll. Uh, start today, but continue next week with mm-hmm. the, with the rest of it. For example, I used to be a teacher, and this is how close this topic is to me. I used to be a teacher. There are students that came through my school when I was teaching that have now gone on to college, have died because of fentanyl overdose or opioid overdose. They weren't drug addicts. They were at a party. They got uh, a pill what they thought was Xanax. One friend lived. The other friend died. Uh, we've even one of my, uh, coworkers, one of my employees hired them, uh, last year, husband died the day after Christmas from a fentanyl overdose. And she, and they had two ki- two very small kids together. What happened was, uh, he laid floors for a living, blue, a good blue collar job, uh, had a headache. One of the friends at work gave him a pill, said, look, this will make your headache go away. Uh, and he took it later on that night. He started throwing up. And just could not stop throwing up. And uh, the employee that I have, his wife, said she walked into the bathroom the next morning or a couple hours later. And uh, he was dead on the bathroom floor. And it came back to opioid. There was opioid mixed in with that pill. So it was fentanyl? Or was it some other foreign substance? Or I think it was a mixture yeah. of maybe fentanyl and maybe something else. But, I mean, it's just. You can't trust anything. You can't trust anything. And I can't tell you the number of employ of customers that we have had come in our store over the past couple of years buying product because buying our product because what they were buying on the street uh most of it being bud or marijuana was putting them in the hospital hospital for opioid withdrawal um because that is now being mixed with uh opioids and it's not maybe your dealer because almost every single one of these their dealer was their best friend from high school 
but their dealer isn't growing the the plant, so there's no telling how many hands it went through right. before then. And they almost died, and that's why they're in my store. And I don't understand why anybody at this day and time would buy weed on the street if there's stores like mine available to you to buy a safe product. Uh, so I, I just emphasize that, not to get the sales, but just to protect people because it's out there and it's yeah. everywhere. I pulled up opioid drug deaths in the U.S. the past couple of years. In this, in this, the numbers that I pulled up for you, these are drugs and opioids. And the reason uh, there are other drugs out there that will kill you, but the problem is opioids is now being mixed with everything. We're seeing it in the weed people buy off the street. We're seeing it in, and I wouldn't suggest any of, of these other drugs because they're too strong, but cocaine, they're in uh, meth, they're in uh, – Everything else. So you, that's why you got to be aware of what yeah. you do. Pills. Uh, now, from what I understand from one of my uh, drug enforcement friends, they said that there are Chinese labs popping up in America where they're putting this stuff in like Tylenol and, and over-the-counter medications, which uh, is a concern. You uh, think? Yeah. Um, Man, open up a bottle of Tylenol and there's a death pill in there. Correct. That anyone can get. So when we got these numbers, we put in drugs and opioids together. We're dealing with synthetic drugs, not, let's say, normal opioids. And the reason why synthetic drugs are made by pharmaceutical companies, they're stronger, they're addictive, and that is what's being mixed in with the stuff. So in 2018, we had 67,000 deaths. That 67,000, way too many, but it gets worse. And in 2019, we're looking at 70,000. We're still within the ballpark, but man, in 2020, that number jumped 30 percent to 93,000. Why do you think? Uh, I think well, you'll you'll start seeing the numbers creep up after 220, and yeah. I think that's because we had COVID lockdowns and people were in their home, but then we also have an open border, and with an open border, you're going to have good things come across, but we all know you're going to have a lot of bad things come across, and we know that there's so much fentanyl coming from China through Mexico to our country. I think that's part of the reason for these huge numbers jumping up after 2019. Like I said, in 2020, it jumped, the number jumped 30% to 93,000. In 2021, the number jumped again, 15% to 109,000. And in 2022, we were at 109,600. But that's not even a final number. That's the estimate, and they think that number could be larger when mm. they're through counting. So the problem's not getting better. It's getting worse. And you would think anything, anything that could be used to help this problem and keep that death toll down would be used because it's affecting the category that it's affecting most are young people. So – Let's get into it and let's find out why that's not happening. Take it away. Um, studies have proven that CBD and THC do help reduce opioid use. Now, this is not new news. We've known this news for a long time, but you, you never hear it. I mean, mm. it's not public knowledge. Um, in 2014, there's a study by John Hopkins School of Business Health, along with the Philadelphia Veteran Affairs Medical Center, showed that states that had medical marijuana had a 25% lower death toll in opioid drug overdoses than states that did not have medical marijuana. Why do you think that is? 
I have no idea, man. <laughs> it's, it's because studies have proven marijuana, these compounds, CBD, THC, help uh, kill. Why, why do people take opioids? They take it because they have a probably a, in a car wreck or severe pain needs. They look at professional football players. They're getting hit all the time. Look at Brett Favre, hit all the time. His body hurts. He's taking it for pain. But the problem is they're so addictive. You take them for pain and very quickly you're addicted to it and you can't get off. And the reason medical marijuana states had a a 25% lower death rate is because these THC CBD compounds work just as effectively as the opioids do, but they're not killing you. Yeah. And they're not, you're not getting addicted to them. And that's huge. It's been proven that CBD and THC helps with this. Uh, this is not a theory. It's not, hey, maybe it'll help. There's scientific evidence that proves this is this is happens. And the the way it does this is it helps reduce addiction anxiety, and it helps reduce pain. Now, the way it uh, what addiction anxiety is for those people that don't know, let's say you're addicted to something and you're trying to get off, and when your body's going to be calling for that drug, I, I know. With alcoholics, a lot of them, if they don't start drinking at 5 or 6 o'clock because they're trying to wean themselves off, all of a sudden they, their hands will start to shake. Yes. Withdrawals. Yeah, their, their, their mental capacity will change. They'll be real irritable, real angry, very hard to live with because they're trying to wean themselves off. Well, CBD helps reduce that anxiety, which therefore helps reduce the need oh, I for, see. for that pain. Yeah. Uh, it also, CBD and THC, helps with the pain because it's an anti-inflammatory. Not only is it an anti-inflammatory, it's also helping with other aspects of your life. Think about it. Yeah. If you're going through pain, are you going to sleep well? Probably not because every yeah. time you try to roll over or move, it's going to hurt so you're not sleeping. Also, your your mental state is different because when you're going through pain, you might be sitting on the couch and you're like you go through the anxiety of I need to go to, I need to get up and go to the bathroom, but the second I move, I'm going to feel sharp pains just running up through my leg or through my back or wherever in your body. And so you have that anxiety of, is it worth it to go through that pain to, to try to move and do Mm -hmm. something or go get dinner or whatever. CBD and THC not only reduces pain, but at the same time, as you reduce the pain, you're getting better sleep. You're, reducing that addiction anxiety or the anxiety of the pain hitting you to do something. Mm -hmm. And so therefore your quality of life is becoming much better as well. So it sounds like everything you just said, but it could be used to help you get off of it. You know, it takes that uh, anxiety that you're talking about. The addict, the addictive. Correct. uh, Anxiety, you know, so you're trying to come off of an opioid. Now CBD can bridge you to not having to feel that anymore and then now you can maintain as you go and then that's now your new medicine correct and that's one of the reasons i got into this business is i saw the the trap with prescription drugs as well as with uh opioid drugs is that the trap is you might be in a car wreck go to the doctor have severe issues and pain problems and they're going to prescribe you these opioids and you'll take them but the problem is it's it's going to take a short amount of time. I mean, like five days and you're addicted, mm-hmm. depending on the strength of the opioid. 
And then, I mean, they're helping you with your pain, but as your body heals and you're trying to get off of them, now you got a problem because Mm -hmm. now you're addicted to this and you're needing more and more of it every single day. Uh, and, and now you're, that's how you end up when the prescription runs out, you go out and commit crimes. You're going out Mm -hmm. buying it on the street, which is taking a bigger risk with your life. These are all huge social issues in our community. What I saw with CBD and THC is, man, they're going to help with these problems. And not only are they going to help with them, they're going to work as effectively with it. But you're not going to fall into that trap once you're uh, healed up or once you don't need the prescription anymore. At that point, if you continue to take these products, it's a choice. But you're not going to go through addiction uh, addiction anxiety. You're not going to go through uh, the pain and and the problems that come with it. You're not going to be, hopefully— because there are shops like mine and other shops out there, there's no need for you to be on the street in a seedy part of town trying to buy uh, a drug to to get your fix because of the prescriptions you got addicted to, <clears throat> and now you're just you're you're just going down a rabbit hole you do not want to go down. When I was in rehab for alcoholism, uh, I met plenty of people in there that were heroin users, and and they look like you and I. You know, this notion that only people that smoke heroin look a certain way, that stereotypical, like they're, they're hanging out in the empty factory building. And you, you know, it's easy to think of heroin attached to that imagery, but no, there's everyday people that end up going to the street because their addiction to Percocet is so bad Mm -hmm. and they, they, they can't get more prescriptions. Or they can't afford it. Correct. And they and they're doing heroin, and it, and it's and it's it's just so unfortunate and sad. Most of your drug, you know, we like to think of a drug addict as somebody who's homeless on the street. And we're thinking, well, if you know, we don't know their background, so we're projecting. We're thinking, if you would have done better in school, maybe you wouldn't be there. But that's not always the case. A, a lot of times, those people are veterans, and a lot of times, those people were people like you and me. Mm-hmm. People like you and me are the are we end up being the large portion of, of drug addicts, meaning they, they were average, normal people. Something happened to where they were prescribed some medicine. That medicine was addictive, and now they can't get off of it. Yeah, and, and so, some are more susceptible to that. Correct. Like mine was alcohol. I have the gene. Correct. My family has the gene. So you start drinking, you don't know where that's going to take you. Some people can just moderate. And so this is affected. There's probably nobody listening now that, that this hasn't affected, that you either know somebody or it's affected you directly. Mm-hmm. And that's why you would think anything that could help with this problem, they would be using. And, of course, that, in my opinion, is not happening. Not only in 2014 did they know, and they knew way before then as well, that the CBD and THC products help with this, but in 2022, and I'll have to look down to read this because the title of this study is long. The study titled is Medical Medical Cannabis Patients Report Improvements in Health Functioning and Reductions in Opioid Use. And what this study did was it took uh, a large number of opioid use, people who had prescription opioids. Mm -hmm. They started giving them medical marijuana to see if it would change anything. And in in short, what what came out of it is 79% of the users said they experienced less or used less pain medication, meaning they used less of their opioid prescription uh, or they stopped using it 
all together. Mm-hmm. So the the medical marijuana was helping them. Eleven, almost eleven and a half percent say they improved uh, quality of life functions, and that's that. Hey, if you get rid of the pain, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your sleep is going to get better. Your mental state won't will, will change. You're not going to be grouchy. You're not going to have that anxiety. Mm-hmm. More mobile. Else. More mobile. More quality of life. So not only did it help them with pain, it improved their quality of life because that ailment was taking that away. They know they can go shopping at Walmart and it's not going to be a painful nightmare. Correct. They, it's it's a painful nightmare anyway. <laughs> I, I don't need yeah. the the shooting pain running up from the bottom of my foot all yeah. the way through my back. I don't need that. And certainly while walking through Walmart. Yeah, while walking through <laughs> Walmart. Because when you get to the cash register, it's going to be painful. <laughs> um, now, what this study concluded was that cannabis was cited as a feasible answer to lowering opioid addiction. And it's important to note that in this study, opioids kill over 100,000 people a year. CBD and THC kill absolutely zero people per year. Scientific studies say this is a non-life-threatening uh, compound. So it kills nobody. So here is something that can help with this crisis that is killing a lot of our young people in America today. This is something that can help, but our government and the medical industry is, is they're not completely silent because some of them are talking about it, but for the most part, it's not public knowledge. They're silent on it. And the question is why? I would gather there's going to be some hypocrisy ahead. Well, we've, we've <laughs> talked about that in uh, some of our other show, yes. shows. The last as well. two, the last two in this, uh, there was a two parter. Go check them out, episodes five and six. Correct. Right? We talk about. The uh, pharmaceutical world, yeah, and the hypocrisy in it. So how they're using synthetic drugs, but yet at the same time uh, they're talking, they're mudding the waters, talking so bad, only letting negative news on synthetic drugs come out. Uh, they're terrible for you. They're made in a lab. You don't want that. It's not natural. When everything they sell is synthetic, synthetic, yeah. Even the vitamins they sell are all synthetic, but they do that because. There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. These compounds compete too well. So this brings up the question, hey, if we got this opioid crisis in America and we have these com- and opioids kill 100,000 people a year and we have these compounds over here that scientifically prove that they help lower opioid use, they're non-addictive compounds and they have a death toll of zero. Why in the hell are we not using this? Why are we not promoting this? to the general public so they don't take the opioids or they can wean themselves off of it. And that is the answer on our next podcast next week of why is this not public knowledge and why are big pharma and the medical industries not letting you know this information? People, thank you for joining us today. If any of this information on our past podcast on this podcast or future podcast. If you think it's helpful, please let people know so they can listen. We're found on our Instagram page, our YouTube page, uh, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. They'll also be posted on our website, hempfieldcbd.com. And remember, if you're not looking into these cannabinoids, CBD and THC, you really need to be. Remember, Hempfield CBD, hemp, help educate more people. Bill, we all live in the same community. We should all be looking out after each other. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you next week. 
found this podcast helpful, I'd appreciate it if you took a minute to subscribe, rate, review, and follow us at HempfieldCBD.com. This increases the reach to more people who are trying to navigate through the changing cannabis market and its products so that we can create a more knowledgeable consumer. Take a screenshot and tag me in your social stories to friends. It means the world to me to know that this podcast has positively helped you and that we get to be a part of your journey. Thank you, and until next time, here's to a better life. Thank you.